Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Welcome to episode 51 of Running Matters. My name is Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm well. Another Sunday afternoon. A couple of Sydney ciders today. On the ciders. Yeah. Yeah, They taste all right, eh? They are good. For a cider. Crispy apple juice. Yeah. I'll get back to the beers after this. Yeah. (laughs) Just one for me. Did you get a run in this morning, mate? Uh, I did. Had a little jog with Indy. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Out on Lady Carrington with the boys. 20Ks. Yeah, good little crew. Nice one. Nice coffee afterwards. Nice. Good to be alive. Living the dream. Yeah. What about you, Craig? Uh, light 30k uh, on the bike. <laughs> on the bike. That's <laughs> that's light 30k. So, yeah. You're running? Uh, ish. Yeah, coming back. Yeah. Uh, so being diagnosed with a uh, meniscus tear. Really? So, uh, got to try and manage it. Uh, um, so, uh, ran yesterday, run a few times this week. It's okay. We'll get there. Okay. We'll Good. get there. We'll work through it. Nice yeah. one. So, our, our special guest, Craig Boomer, thanks for giving up your time today. Pleasure, man. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Renala, Sydney Brewery, Goo Energy, Guy Me Allied Health, and Fractal Running Caps. Have you seen their new Jarra edition caps? The Jarra? No, I haven't. Mm, but I, I hear they put in some, uh, some fancy stuff together. And yeah. I reckon we're not too far away from a Running Matters Fractal Cap, surely. Mm, sounds good. Yeah, let's we let's hit them up. We should speak to them. Christmas is coming. If you're listening, Matt, let's get in touch. Um, I'd like to thank Jimmy Carroll for doing the editing behind the scenes. Great job, Jimmy. And we've got to remember to save the date, Ranala, Saturday the 14th of December, for our drinks run drinks. Is it in that order? Yeah. It could be. I think I, think I spoke to Sean and it was run drinks pizza shop. At the shop? Yeah, at the shop. Mm. 20% for anyone wearing a Running Matters podcast t-shirt. Yeah, it's a bargain. In the whole store, that's a bargain. It's a bargain. Yeah. Coming down, Craig? I'm coming down. I've got to get myself one of these t-shirts. I haven't got one yet. Well, it's, it's, it's on the bucket list. It's the only way to utilise the discount. That's right. Black is the new black, Yeah, they say. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pimp, I'm told. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> so, Craig, tell us a bit about yourself. Where did you uh, grow up, go to school, and where are you living now? Yeah, uh, so grew up in the East Hills area, so I uh, grew up in Padstow, went to East Hills Boys High School. Yeah, right. Uh, which is a link. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, yeah your yeah. dad was a PE teacher. Old man Hadfield. Yeah, yes. he's a PE teacher at the school. Did yeah. he ever cane you? Uh, no, <laughs> others did, yeah. but not him. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure he was able to, I'm not sure he was allowed to, actually. I'm not sure it's in his blood. Yeah, he's yeah, not a caner. Okay. He's not a caner. Nah. Is he smacker when you're young? You oh, yeah, strong. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is a unit. <laughs> he's a big man. Yeah, he's a strong man. Yeah. You'd have a follow through. You, you learn quickly, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lucky enough to uh, grow up in that area. I say lucky because uh, went to school with Mark and Steve Wall, uh, played cricket with Mark and Steve. Um, there was a couple other Aussie players that came through there. Wayne the, Holdsworth was there. Wayne Holdsworth played as well. He yeah. played for Australia for a test or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty strong uh, sporting area, really. 
So, uh, yeah, very lucky to play against those guys. Uh, you know, people like David Freeman as well who played for New South Wales. Lee, and, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's a Chinaman. <laughs> and, uh, and can you say that anymore? Maybe you can't say that. Is that politically we're, correct we're, anymore? We're, uh, we're not on the PC movement. So Good. Like. I can guarantee I won't be editing anything. Right. <laughs> one know. guarantee. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. And then McNamara, who played... Yeah, yeah. McNamara, he played for... Buzzard. Yeah. He was a good cricketer, so... Yeah. So, yeah, pretty lucky where we grew up. So, I grew up at Padstow, spent most of my time there. Um, and then we moved uh, to Oatley, which is where I first started, just like for my first three years. And then uh, we came down to God's Country about four years ago. All right. Uh, so, we lived down at Baronir. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Just, it's the best place to be. Yeah, it is. I started... Uh, sticking up for people saying, what are you doing living in the show? And I stick up for it. A mate of mine lived in the show. I said, just be quiet. Yeah, don't, mean, tell, don't, don't tell them how good it is because we don't want anybody to know. I think, I think a few developers might have worked it out. Yeah, but you're right. There's a few of them around now. There's a few. Yeah, so that's where it all started back in, uh, at a young age, back in East Hills Boys High. There you go. Yes. Old man Hadfield likes to think he taught all those guys everything they know. I'm not sure that he uh, had much cricketing knowledge, but he had done no cricket knowledge at all. He never took cricket at all. No, that's for a fact. Yeah, good. Well, I'll leave him with that. Yeah, Although sorry. I did, I got a feeling I played against you. Yeah, right. Maybe one year I played a bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's played because uh, that's when I ran into your old man the last time. It was years ago playing down behind Miranda, uh, behind Port Hacking High School. Is that right? Jeez, I would have been terrible. I imagine. Yeah. My vision was probably going by then. Yeah. <laughs> Took a cracking catch that day. Exactly. So. <laughs> good. Good. Good to hold on to that. Uh, yeah. no, good, good times, actually. Yeah. School was good. It's good that your memory's working, too. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, mine's eluding me. Yeah, I'm starting to see some things go as well, but anyway. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> mate, um, I haven't offered you a beer yet. Can I interest you in a, a Glamorama? Sounds great. Glamorama. I've heard so much about these on this podcast, so I'm very privileged to have one of these. So yeah. I might crack mate. one of those. Hey, they make a good beer. Thanks, Sydney Brewery. And the cider's good too. Cider is good. I'm not converted, but no. as far as cider's oh, going. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. That's good. Mm. So, mate, where, where did the running origin start then? So, lots of sport as a kid, but when, when did you start running per se? Yeah, so I played cricket for around 20-odd years mm-hmm. and um, got sick of getting sunburnt and yeah. being out there all day doing nothing. And uh, had to do something when I gave up and I happened to be working with a guy that was a runner. And so I started doing a little bit of running. I'd done some running at school, like I cheated at high school once in a cross-country and ended up at the regional. Cheated? <laughs> I cheated. I thought, oh, I can't be asked to do this. Let's get this done quickly. So hitting the bushes for the first two laps or yeah, something? Yeah, and came out. Well, I came out too early. Okay, got, got, got in the top ten. I had to go to the regional. <laughs> Red Daystone, motherless last uh, at the regional. So I was like, what am I doing? Well, yeah. just, why did I rig really it sick? I guess the, the lesson there is you should have just kept cheating and you would have kept going. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, everybody else jumps on a bus in a marathon, don't they? That's yeah. how it works, isn't it? And... Uh, which is cool. So, yeah, that was um, uh, when I started running. So, I started running with this guy and and, uh, and enjoyed it. I started mm. to enjoy it. did a 10K, uh, which ended up, I think it started in the city and ended up at Moore Park. Yeah. Uh, running up Oxford Street. And, yeah, it was from there and I was like, this is pretty cool. Okay. I can, I can do this. Yeah, so, so initially the running, is, it came naturally or was it a struggle to begin with? No, not a natural runner at all. Mm. 
not a natural runner at all. It was a bit of a struggle. I've just enjoyed sport, played a bit of soccer, played baseball, played cricket. Um, I've enjoyed sport, but uh, there was a bit of a buzz about, because I played team sports for so long, there was a bit of a buzz about just bettering yourself. Yeah. And that you you weren't against anybody really, you are really just against you. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole different mindset that played out, which was really nice. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I remember getting through that 10K count on my... That's hard work. Did you say never again? Most people say never again. I, I don't know that it said never again. I thought it was going to kill me. Um, but I'm quite extroverted. And this is kind of a significant point in my life, I think, is that when I got through that finish line, I, I um, celebrated, but I celebrated quietly. I just mm-hmm. did a real quiet... Yes. Little fist pump. Little fist pump to myself. And I was like, that's really interesting that... I did that because I normally I'd be going and tell everyone, hey, see me, you see what I did? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I kept it really quiet and okay. kept it to myself and then, yeah, kept running from there. It's a big moment, mate. It was good. And so how old were you when you did that first 10K? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, 30-something? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess I've been running now for 20 years. So Yeah, fantastic. Good. And so from that 10K, you've gone on to do all six of the major marathons around the world. So yeah. we're... How did you get from that initial 10K to knocking out these monuments of the marathon? I think, like, you know, you guys talk about often is you, as a male, you're quite competitive. <laughs> so 10Ks, did a few of those, did some fun runs, I thought that was great. And the guy that I was running with was a marathoner, uh, what I was working with was a marathoner, and he said, why don't you come up to the Gold Coast and we'll do the half marathon? And that scared the bejeebies out of me. Mm. But I ended up there, went up for the, the weekend, had a great weekend and ran the half. Then when you get better at something, like I was getting quicker as I ran them, mm. you just go, well, what's next? What's next? Now, as you guys know, 21 is not the next is not 30. Next is double that. Let's, yeah, do, yeah, let's yeah. go 42. There's not so many 30K races. There is no 30K races. <laughs> anyway, uh, I signed up to do the Paris Marathon for some crazy reason. Got to... 21Ks in my training runs and mm. broke down. So I had to pull out of that, which yeah. was a shame. And But just got the buzz, got this real feel for the marathon. I ran the Gold Coast and it hurt like hell. I remember feeling like my legs were pistons, like real steel pistons just shooting up through my, through my hips. Mm. And said, uh, this is crazy what I've been doing this for. But my wife, again, my wife is not a runner and has been... St- somewhat supportive <laughs> of my running career. Nice use of somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. Is, uh, is she likely to listen to this? Uh, maybe not, actually. Yeah. Probably not. So it's all good. You're safe. You're Everything's safe. on. Um, <laughs> she said something really significant. We're driving to the Gold Coast, start, and she said to me, she said, you know what, it's only four hours out of your life. And I went, wow, that's, that's really cool, actually. It, has, it is. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. It is only four hours. Yeah. So... Uh, hurt like hell, but I'd driven the course the day before, visualised that last 500 metres coming through the chute, and I was running through that chute no matter what, and, uh, you know, throwing the hands up to the crowd, and uh, got through it, got to the finish line, saw my wife, broke down in tears and said, I lied. She said, what do you mean? I said, I've got to do that again. <laughs> I've got to do this again. I've learned so much from this. Yeah. I've got to redo it. Ran into a guy, I can't believe he's... Last name, Dave from Cronulla Tri. Mm. Lovely guy, older guy, gone through cancer and survived, but awesome guy. 
And he said, well, if you do one more, you've got to do New York. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, you've got to do another overseas one. So I rang Travelling Fit. He said, we've got one spot left. You've got to decide in 24 hours if you want it. For that year, straight up? Yeah. Okay. And I went, oh, okay. So how long did you have? Sorry, in between first marathon so and New York. So that was July and then New York was the year after. So. Oh, the year after. Okay. Yeah. So then I ran New York. Yeah. And that was just phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Just, mm. It hurt. Mm. <laughs> like, heck again. But, but, but a million people lining the streets of New York. It's, it's nuts. When you come off whatever bridge it is and then you hit First Avenue, the, the crowd noise was crazy. Mm. And as I said before, as, a, as an extrovert, I thought I'd really suck that in and just, you know, yeah, let's go. Mm. But I found myself running, because it was three lanes either side, so six-lane road. I was in the middle of the road, literally saying, shut the up. Take away. Just keep me. Because you're at, what, 26K there? Mm. And you look straight up First Avenue, and it's just straight as straight heading up towards the Bronx. Yeah. And that's all you see. And you yeah. go, oh, this is a long way out. Long road ahead. A long road ahead. So, yeah. So after that first marathon, you instantly thought you were going to do another one. So within the first 10 minutes. Running through the finishing shoot. It's got to be pretty rare, hey? Mm. What do you think after your first marathon? Oh, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing another one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, think, it was a long way. Yeah. Just because you're in so much pain and suffering. And that's intriguing, right? Because as I said, my legs were, they were like steel pistons. Mm. Why did I? But something in my head said, no, you've got to do this again. Mm. As I say, maybe it's just the male competitive piece or whether it's the male. I learned a lot. Like, I really got sucked into the whole, you know, I call it running porn, where you're literally on the net all day. Look at it. Shoes. The YouTube runner. Oh, you're on it all the time. What you do in your own time, Craig. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Keep playing, mate. <laughs> that's right. Oh, maybe you can edit, edit that bit. But, um, yeah, no, I had to do it. And then, of course... Again, like, I ran four, four hours 15 in the Gold Coast mm-hmm. and thought st- stupidly that maybe I could get to four, sub four at New York, mm-hmm. but ran a 4.09, four no, 4.06, so it took 10 minutes or nine minutes off. Mm-hmm. I'd got a coach um, in between. I just jumped online and found this coach who lived locally, and she gave all the time for free mm-hmm. and just came and coached and videoed, and okay. she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And and that even though that was still hard, it was easier than the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? Okay. So there was never a plan to do the six. Was, I was just. Did you realise after New York that that was one of those or well, five races potentially at the time? It was. It was. It was yeah. five years. Five races at the time. I had no idea. I ran New York and I went. Well, what's another city I love? I love London. Why mm-hmm. don't I try and get into London? And I really feel sorry for people now trying to get into London because. You can't. It's like a one in six chance it's or something. It's so it? hard to get in, although I do have a spot for somebody if somebody wants it at the moment. Is that a fact? Yeah. Well, maybe we should raffle it off. Yeah. You have to raise $10,000 for the Stillbirth Foundation, but still, great, great, great cause. Mm. So I got to London and I got into London again with Travelling Fit, who I admire. I think they've been fantastic for me. Uh, and took off 20 minutes. Okay. Went to a 346. Mm. And that's when I met Steve Monaghetti. Yep. All oh, right. Um, and Mona's uh, came and did a charity function for me that I was running. And I said, oh, mate, can I just, can I get just a couple of tips off you? And he gave me a few coaching tips. What, what were they? Yeah. <laughs> you got a pen there? Yeah. yeah. I reckon some interesting stuff. So 
one of the things he believes is that you shouldn't run any more any longer than thirty k's. He said thirty k's is where your limit is. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I personally believe thirty five for a, a training run for a marathon, yep. uh, just for headspace more than anything. Mm. He said make your rest day Sunday, not Monday. Okay. He said we all do rest days on Monday, but we're not really resting because you're going to work. Yeah. You're doing stuff. It's not a rest day. And I changed it and made my long run on the Saturday, mm. and the Sunday was fully rest day. Mm. Um, yeah, and I took 20 minutes off. Just just, those two tips, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, Any other tips? <laughs> not that I can share, man. <laughs> that were the main ones. Do you want another beer? <laughs> He was, uh, he's a great guy. I don't know if you've met Steve, but... Yeah, we've chatted yeah. to him, yeah. He is a really good guy. Yeah. Um, I, I did a, a retreat with him last year or the year before, and again, just brilliant. Nothing better than doing a Mona Fart Lake when Mona's is actually calling That's cool. the time. But That's cool. Yeah, so London was it, and from there, I rang Steve and said, hey, mate, I'm now going to try and qualify for Boston. Somebody told me I'm 16 minutes. Like, I didn't know. I had no mm-hmm. concept. I said, you're 16 minutes off your Boston qualifying time. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you think? He said, well, it's a lot, but, you know, you never know. Something might happen on the day. Are you in a pretty steep sort of progression there? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. I said, well, I'm running Melbourne. He said, well, just try these few things and let's see where it goes. Mm. And again, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a sober, I think. So I finished Melbourne in tears because I ran a 324. Wow. Uh, and qualified uh, by six minutes for Boston. Unreal. Rang Steve. He said, I've never caged anybody to a 20-minute PP before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. And so resume. once you've done Boston, it was like, well, I've got to do the others. Yeah. But to your point, I was going to Chicago mm-hmm. because there was five. So I had to do Chicago and Berlin to finish the top five mm-hmm. or the major five. On my way, on the flight home, no word of a lie, the flight home from Chicago... To Sydney, they added a sixth. That's when they added Tokyo. That's when they added it. That's so I've gone to Chicago having to do two. Yeah. I've come home from Chicago having to do two. That sucks. Oh, that sucked. It's like running on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> so they threw in Tokyo for me. So, yeah, anyway. So well, for those uh, that don't know the six majors, can you roll off the, the locations? Yeah, I'll work across the globe, I guess. So um, New York, Boston, Chicago... Tokyo, uh, Berlin, and London. Yeah. Mm. So can I ask, would you have done Chicago if it wasn't part of that group? Is, is there something alluring about the Chicago Marathon specifically? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I guess I think the truthful answer would be probably not. Mm-hmm. However, doing a lot of research about running, it's a, it's a popular marathon. Yeah. Now, is, it, is it popular because it's one of the majors? I don't know. But it's a cracking marathon. Isn't mm. it the world's oldest marathon? I thought Boston was. I thought Boston was. Um, I'm mixing it up, yeah. Yeah. Boston. Yeah. But Chicago, it's an awesome track. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great city, mm-hmm. fantastic food, so you can, you know, pasture up nicely before the couple of nights before. The first 7K is heading north. It's just stunning. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good track. Cold. It's really cold, actually. I think it was four degrees when we started. Yeah, wow. It was five degrees when we finished. Oh, good conditions. Oh. Gloves are staying on. Yeah. Yeah, well, they did. I had yeah. gear on. I think I lost my beanie at around 20 k's. I threw that. I had arm warmers on. I looked like, you know, Elliot. 
<laughs> that's what you're after. That's what you want to look that's like. That's what you want to look like. A few things in skin colour weren't the same. Uh, I got to 35k and had these arm warmers still on and went, actually, I might as well keep them yeah. and just roll them down. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting track there. Yeah. So you finish the big six, you get the world's biggest key ring. You get the world's biggest key ring. Have a look at that, boys. I thought I'd bring it just to so you can see it. Look how heavy it is, too. It's ridiculous. It's unreal. And they give you a top as well, and so you got a top one. No, this is where Abbott have decided, oh, we can screw you pretty well here and give you a whole bunch of gear for a big, big price. Yeah, yeah. Big so you buy this. Yeah. You only you can only buy it if you're a, if you've, you've done this. Not yeah. too many people have that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very limited. And one of the girls I'm coaching at the moment, she was in um, uh, Berlin this year. Oh no, Chicago this year. I think it was, and. Um, Abbott may just have a big uh, banner mm. with all the people that have done okay. this yeah, right. uh, all around the world. And she went, oh, and then found my name, took a photo and shot it off. So that's pretty special. That's very cool. Yeah. How many people are on the list? Not many, actually. There's really? only 300 on in Australia, Okay, I think. Really? 360 people in Australia have got it. Yeah, right. It's not many. Yeah. It's a big commitment. It is. Yeah. Big commitment. It's a huge commitment. Mm. It's a huge commitment. Do, does it annoy you, Wolf, that three of these races are in the US? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What's the go with that? It's yeah. like they've got a monopoly on the on the majors. It's like the golf thing. Three of the world majors in golf are in the states as well, and give yeah. the British Open one. There's been this little talk that there might be a seventh. Yeah, right. Being added. So they're talking the Royal about... Double Ultra. I think that. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have heard. They must have heard. Yeah. That's yeah. got to go on. It's a nice yeah. concession letting a 50k race be part of the world majors, actually. Flexible. That's that's what I like about them. They're flexible. <laughs> well, they're totally flexible. Yeah. Like, how, how American is that? That's, that's American. But... So so where is the seventh supposed to be, quite seriously? I've heard China. Okay. Um, I don't know why. That's, that well, just we, sounds you, money. A billion to people, you know why. Yeah. yeah. To me, it just sounds like money. It yeah. does. It does. It does. Nothing else, but Japan's in it, so we got to, we've got to be in it as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would have thought there are much better marathons around the world. The Great Wall Marathon, up and down those stairs. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so, so out of those six races, yeah, you know, can, can you pick your your favourite favorite, race there? Yeah, tough. Um. It's tough because you could easily go with Chicago because that kind of got down to a 3.18. Okay. Uh, so it took almost an hour off the marathon time. Um, and I had a, I learned to party after the marathon in Chicago. <laughs> oh. You should have been talking yeah. to Wolf earlier. Yeah. Oh, I could give you some tips for that. Hell's bells. I don't know what happened in New York. Rest day on a Sunday, Wolf? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New York was sitting in a bar on your own. Uh, London, I stayed with friends. And Chicago, I got home at 5.30 in the morning, got escorted home by some Negro guy. Wow. When I said, can I get a cab home? They said, yeah, hotel's just around the corner. I said, really? <laughs> said, yeah, I'll show you where it is. It's literally a five-minute walk. Perfect. So I'd have to say London, really. I think London, London's my favourite city in the world mm. anyway. Um, it was a perfect race. Absolutely perfect race. Mm. Remember to run the blue line. I see not running 45Ks. Uh, ran the whole thing completely. Just yeah, it was perfect. Mm. Just a perfect race. Took twenty minutes off. Um, got the medal. And the girl that gave me the medal got a scotch nogged on the way through. I was just so excited. Very <laughs> 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 quick. Oh, sorry for that. She's, that's fine. 
Mate, I um, got over the line in the London Marathon and ran into Richard Branson, so I didn't oh. have the opportunity to give him a smoosh. Yeah. Maybe I should have. Yeah. <laughs> Did he run it? Or was he just... No, he was standing there handing out medals. So. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. It was cool. He's a bit of a... Bit of a legend. Bit of a heavy hitter. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was better to have a good-looking bird or Richard Branson. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure she was good-looking. I didn't say that. I didn't say it was Richard. <laughs> I don't remember to tell you the truth. That's not important. No. But London's a great course. Like... It's just an amazing course. You yeah. think the kind of the uh, as you come over the Tower Bridge, just that's incredible in itself. And you're hitting, I think around thirteen k or something there. But you do this loop around the quay, hmm. and I thought that would be a real dead spot. There wouldn't be many people there. You I know, know you really have to work hard. Yeah. Oh my! And they've yeah. got Foster's cans this big. The noise was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so you got around, and then you're just running the Thames all the way home. Turn right towards Buck Palace and then up Paul Moore. Wave to Elizabeth on the way through. She gives you a bit of a wave. It's yeah. just unbelievable. It's an awesome course. Was that your PB? Was that your PB? It was. Then the PB is Chicago. Right. So it's three eighteen in Chicago. So three. I did. I ran three twenty something in London as well. Cool. Yeah, three twenty two or something. And so, at some point during this journey, you worked out that you wanted to do some coaching. So you've. Uh, opened up a, a business marathon HQ. Is that yeah. right? Tell us a bit about that. So if I go back a little bit, my uh, professional career is a trainer and coach in the corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been working with um, uh, all sorts of different organisations for the last you know, 30 years in my own business. So doing um, you know, coaching in sales and service and presentation skills. Again, been very lucky enough to travel a lot through Asia with that and worked with some pretty major organisations. So it was a natural thing to try and do some coaching, and it was kind of a way of giving back. So people would come to you and say, oh, tell me about this, tell me about that. Hmm. Pardon me, I was giving lots of stuff away for free. I thought, this is nuts, this is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So recently set up Marathon HQ. I had a few runners under my belt at the moment, uh, and it's really nice. It's, it's a, it is a good way of giving back. Are you coaching some old bird? Like you, I, I think uh, <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, she, well, she's uh, she's, she's on the yeah, she's on the the good side of sixty. But is she um, she uh, training up to do a three thirty Berlin? Is that right? She's just run. She ran a three forty in Berlin. So she's now just qualified for Boston twice. Unreal. So we've got her through twice. She's phenomenal. Mm. She's running speed work at four tens, four fifteens. Yeah. Like I got her down to Southside Masters at Sylvania on a Thursday night. She's quite competitive. Doesn't want to run last, but mm. she's never going to run last. Mm. And she's cracking three k's down there in twelve minutes. It's like she's fifty on that. Yeah. She is a cracking runner. Yeah. Um, and so the goal for her was when she went to Chicago was to get her to. Uh, to Boston, she had to run a four oh five, and she ran three fifty four. Like three fifties, so she was eighteen minutes ahead. Yeah. So we got her in, and then she said, "Well, we'll just run Berlin for a bit of fun," and she ran it quicker again. So she ran a three forty three or something. Mm. So she's essentially qualified for Boston twice now. So she's heads to Boston. So is she chasing the majors as well. She is now. Yeah. She saw my name on that on that board, and she went, "Right, I've got to get me that." Yeah. I've got to get me that as well. So yeah, she'll she's chasing the chasing the majors now. Wow. But yeah. But she's a she's a good coachee because she listens yep. as well. 
there's too many. I've had some other runners, which I'm happy that I don't have them actually at the moment because they'll make excuses, mm. they'll win, they'll carry on, they won't do this. You know, I had a runner ages ago. They were running their first marathon. It was my idea to get them into a marathon. We got them down there. I said, you don't want to be wearing that and you don't want to be, because they had the, you know, the ultra. Oh, they were right a question about that, actually. Yeah. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. I said, you are going to heat up. You're going to overheat. Sure enough, at 35k, she's ripping it off going, take thing off me. Mm-hmm. And I need it off me. Uh, and she was, it was saturated. So wet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to be able to, I think you've got to be a good coach. You've got to be a good coach as well. I think it's a two-way relationship. 100%. Uh, but it's good. I love it. I love it. And I get really excited mm. when they pee me. Like, stupidly. So, you, your business is, is running HQ. Um, Marathon. Marathon. Headquarters, sorry. Um, and is that like a, a sideline for you? Have you got a real job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. Sure. Should we talk about this? I'm curious. I'm curious. No, it is a sideline. Yeah. Um, so... Let's be frank, there's been some stuff happened locally with some running groups that hasn't been great. Yep. And oh, we should talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's a nightmare. We won't talk about it. No, that. we won't. But it's, you know, it's, it's actually bloody sad. It's really sad because, you know, running loses out and people lose out on that. And I didn't want to get mixed up in just doing all this running. If you look at their websites, they're exactly the same almost, the same wording almost. Mm. And it's like... So I chose Marathon HQ for a reason. I thought, you know what? My passion is the half marathon and the full. Yeah. Let's just keep it at that. So specific to those Specifically two. for that. Okay. So I've got a couple of people down at Dogs Point that want to do some stuff. I've got a 70-year-old woman down there. Can you help me? Oh, I don't know if I can. I'm worried about giving her a heart attack. Specialising in seniors. Yeah, I know. What's going on there? It's a growth industry. Maybe it's, yeah. Maybe, maybe Janelle or I feel safer if I'm hanging around 80-year-olds yeah. and 60-year-olds. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it is a sideline. I call it my wine money. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big wine buff. Yep. And yes. so it's yes. my wine my wine money. Your pocket money. And, uh, but, yeah, I'm still consulting and uh, to organisations, doing training and coaching around you know presentation skills and so forth. Yep. Uh, that's kind of my passion about to... Maybe pursue onto the speaking circuit. Yeah, okay. thinking of doing something in there, talking about how do you ignite people's potential. So we've got a real passion for people. I, I believe I've been put on this earth to to help people be the best they can possibly be. Not necessarily the best, but just be the best you possibly can be. It's a great tagline for a business. I like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 my driver. Like I seriously get so excited when people do a PB. Yeah, it's nuts. And you're also the race director at Dolls Point Park Run. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, more than I thought. Uh, I think I've done it about 10 or 12 times down there now. Um, so last 12 months, 18 months, I guess. Um, as you know, it's a cracking park run. It's one of the best, eh? I think it's the best in Sydney. Yeah. I yeah. really do. It's just such a good, uh, a good spot to run. Actually, I was down there about three weeks ago and Vlad was down there. I've seen yeah. him do it oh, twice really? now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But 12 months apart. Yeah. But yeah, he was down there again. How'd he go? Did you rip it? Well, yeah, he did. He <laughs> goes all right. <laughs> it's pretty what, fast. What did, he, what did Vlad run? Oh, I'm not sure what his, what his time was, but I'm pretty sure like last time it was 15 or something. Okay. Yeah. Is he still sporting that rat's tail? I'd say yes, just for entertainment value, but yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Jeez, yeah. he runs a lot, eh, doesn't he? Yeah. I yeah. follow him on Strava and my hat. Mm. He's just, it's always on the road. Relentless. He's relentless. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I, I love run directing. It's, you know, obviously being up in front of people is what I do, so mm. doing that is pretty cool, a bit, a bit cool, but 
it also allows me, my wife is not a runner at all, and my kids who I'm forcing to run a little bit more than they'd like to mm. uh, get down there, and I don't run, and then they do, and they can just go at their own pace and they don't have dad in their ear going, come on, let's go quicker, come on, let's go, come on, let's go, let's go. So it's actually really good. It's, it kind of becomes their thing a little bit yep. as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think best, best park run in Sydney by far. Yeah, it's great. Good, a good atmosphere. And you're getting people like Belinda Martins down there. Yeah. Like, so you're, you've got some cracking runners coming Stu down. Stu Rennie. Stu Rennie. Stu Rennie runs down there. Friend oh, yeah. of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sharp. He's a regular. Yeah, and there's a young kid down there. I haven't seen him for a while. A young kid called Patrick something. Yeah. Oh, my. He flies. He is. He was a footy player, and he hasn't got bigger, as big as the other kids. The other kids have got bigger. Mm. So somebody said, you're going to get hurt. So he took out running. <laughs> he's, he's smashing. He's it. doing a 17 and a half minute park run. And no runners get hurt, right? Well, no one runs and tackles them. <laughs> That's right. Not often enough, no. I reckon. Should be more of that. Well, I don't know. I heard uh, we're friends with Crowey and... Uh, he was running a park run down at Husky last year and got tackled by a dog. <laughs> this lady walked across the path. Oh, really? And Crowey's gone over over the leash. Oh, really? <laughs> She's going at him because she nearly, he nearly trod on the dog. He's oh, going. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Had a meeting with Crowey through the week. Yeah. Race uh, athletic ambassador for our new project. What's the new mm. project? Mate, Guy Maryland Health is stepping up. We've uh, got a... A new new business called Base Camp Altitude Training, starting in February next year. So we're we're building ourselves a an altitude chamber in Guymere. So wow. you can take yourself up to Colorado, to Val d'Isere, anywhere you like, and really do some running, do some riding. Awesome. Have to get you down there, Craig. Sounds good. Yeah, Crowe, so, he'd love that. Yeah, he's into it. He's pumped. So we're bringing the. The elite sort of performance stuff to a bunch of you know sub elite guys like ourselves and yeah gonna gonna help him out with some some testing and all that sort of stuff biomechanical analysis yeah right the work so awesome who it's was all happening who are some of the other ambassadors that you've got mate the the list is long and distinguished um, so we've got Elsie Wellings nice. Craig Alexander Ali Najim Brett Davidson and Scotty Richmond so we've got. Track, triathlon, bike, sand, and trail. Yeah, got right. it all covered. Yeah. Good lineup, and they've all been on Running Matters podcast. There you go. They've yeah. all got that in common. Yeah, yeah. How good's Elsie? Man, she's unreal. She's such a great. So girl. she's just had a baby. Congratulations, yeah. Elsie. Um, and she's going to use our altitude chamber to come back from the pregnancy, the the labour and pregnancy, and what have you, to be competitive enough, hopefully, to compete at. 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So, oh, really? Yeah, wow. it's a good story. How good is that? Yeah. When did she get there? Good mm. story. So, anyway, watch your space. So, a really important question. Can we have post-Norg beers at altitude? Well, the science doesn't lie that two beers at altitude equals four beers at sea level. No kidding. Only yeah. four. Are we going to test that? Well... You should. You need your own numbers, don't you? Yeah. So yeah, you, you can't should. just rely on the You can't rely on somebody's. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Yes. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> now I'm interested. I got, I got a laugh. One day I was, I was traveling down the Kingsway. And as you do, you're watching people running and seeing their styles. I said, gee, that girl runs pretty good. She's not bad. She's got a good style. <laughs> Is that the least? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She like, goes all right. Good choice, Craig. She goes all right. She should be okay. You've got a good eye for form, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Well played. So I want to dig into your, your coaching brain plenty, if you don't mind, Craig. Sure. 
So I like the word resilience when it comes to runners. So how do you reckon you teach your runners to harden up? Yeah, what a great question. Um, when, I'm, when I'm coaching, one of the things I want to get to, and this is in a business sense as well as a, a personal sense, I've got a fundamental belief is, is you've got to understand why you're doing this marathon or you're doing this ultra marathon or whatever you're doing. Mm. If you don't really understand why you're doing it, you're not going to you're going to make excuses. You're going to find a reason to not do it. Mm. And um, so when your psychologists will talk about you know, having um, value driven goals. So it's great to have a goal, but it's very easy to change that. Mm. But if it's not driven by your underlying values, then there's no point. So I'm I'm always looking at the why. What what's the value in this? What are you doing this for? Mm. So uh, one of the things I will get to is I try and find out what's happening in their family. Mm-hmm. How supportive is the family? Who is the family? How many kids are involved in it? Um, and at a deeper level, the reason I do that um, is I nearly lost my marriage because of the marathons. Mm-hmm. So whilst this is a call, there was a time where this could have been harrowing, hence the somewhat supportive yeah. comment yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. But you want to come back to this and go, right, why is this happening? Why do you want to do it? And if you're really keen, then I then I can tap back into that. Mm-hmm. Can tap back into those values and away you go. You heard of a guy called Marathon Man? Oh, baby. He's been around baby, for a long yeah. time. I've known him through business and stuff. And uh, and he, often I would see him out on the road and I'd run with him for a bit, just saying, mate, you're doing this for the kids. You're doing it for the kids. He, he kind of need that. Fed off that. Mm-hmm. Fed off that. Yeah. So it's really important to come back to what you value in life. Okay. And what are some of the reasons you find people want to do the marathon? What is their why? Yeah, I'm not sure they're clear. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not sure they're clear. I got clear after the two or three because I was getting better. I was like, oh, this is good. Why wouldn't you do something that you're good at? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then obviously the six became a, a, an option. Yep. So when I finished the six, I was like, I don't need to do any more. Okay. Um, and so that's been a bit of a lull. Yeah. Um, and for, for, for most people, like the lady that I'm coaching now, the 59-year-old, uh, for her it's about staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Her, it's really just about staying healthy and she can run long distance. Yep. So whilst ever she can, she will because it keeps her healthy. Yeah. And she's, like, she's dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got a, just this perfect running body. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason. Other people, it's a bucket list. Yep. They're just... I want to do a marathon, I want to tick it off, and they may never, ever do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a mate coming with me next year to, in Paris to April, uh, in April to Paris. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to do another one after that. I'm not sure he's going to love this one because he took five and a half hours to do Melbourne and he hurt like hell. Yeah. So it's a long time to be out there. How do, you, um, how do you keep someone, if you've got someone that's not necessarily made for marathons, if you know like a bigger person. Which he is. Yeah. How do you prevent them from being injured? I think, too, I would bring in the age piece as well. Hmm. There's a fair bit of research that suggests you can pull back your running and only run three times a week, hmm. not the five or six and incorporate other stuff. Uh, with this meniscus tear, I'm contemplating doing my long runs as a long ride. So instead of being out for a, you know, a 30k run, I'll probably go out for a 90k ride. Same time. Same time, uh, at a good heart rate, yeah. to try and build, just keep building up that endurance. 
that's where I'm heading with this at the moment. I think that's important uh, because you don't want people hurting. You don't want people to be so sore that they don't want to go back out the next day. Mm. I was taught many years ago, make sure you're fresh for the next run. Be Always be fresh for your next run. Don't don't overdo it that you, you're knackered completely. Um, and I think that's what happened for London. I was only training four days a week. I was a bit younger. And the guy that I was running with said to me, I want you to incorporate another run on a Wednesday, just a light, easy 6K. And what was really intriguing is that my body actually thrived it mm. and wanted it. And when I didn't have it, the Tuesday to Thursday it became harder. Mm. But if I had that little light Wednesday run in, it was good. But that was younger. I think as you get older, we have to pull it back. Incorporate the cross-training more. In, incorporate the cross-training, especially as you get older, to some, you know, some weights as well, so build up some strength in those key areas mm. uh, you know, around your, your VMO and so forth. Yep. Uh, I think that's important. Very good. Mm. And how long typically would you suggest as a marathon block of training? Yeah, you know? yeah uh, I'm doing a 20-week one this mm-hmm. time. Uh, typically, you hit 12. Okay. But you've got to have a really good base before you come off a 12-week program. Cause yeah, 12's not a long time. It's not a long time. Within, you know, 12 weeks, all of a sudden, you're a 10. Yeah, you've got to taper in there some stage as well. Well, it tapers the best, best part, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, you know, 10 weeks, essentially, isn't it? Like, yeah. And yeah. I guess it's relative to their, their current fitness level. Current fitness yeah. level as well. So, you know, again, the, the woman we're talking about, she, I saw her this afternoon, this morning, and she said, uh, when am I starting? Mm. I said, you're already, you know, she's still running speed work on a Tuesday and Thursday. Mm. She's still running some K. You're okay. You've got a base. It's all working nicely. Yeah. We'll worry about it in a few weeks' time. Mm. And she'll do a 16-week program. Okay. And I think that's the... That's a nice That's spot. That's a sweet spot. That's a real sweet spot, if you've got a base. Mm. Have you had anyone come over from the trail running area uh, and want to do... We've got some um, some mates that have been running trails for years and decided that they want to do run a sub-three-hour marathon. Wow. And um, it's a big... And jump in here, Hattie. It's it's a big transition from running trails at low intensity with a, a softer surface to mm. suddenly start training for marathons, particularly at sub three hour, which is high intensity sort of running. Um, yeah, have you had anyone like that that's converted from from trail to to road? No, I'm seeing more the opposite. I'm seeing a lot of people going from road to trail. It seems yeah. like uh, we're seeing a lot of trail uh, converts at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's less injuries. For me, when I run a trail, I end up on a face planted in the dirt often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you my optometrist card. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, personally, I, I don't, I like to run a trail for a training run because of it is a low intensity and, you know, you can pull your pace back a bit. I think so it naturally makes you do that, which is great. But I haven't seen other people convert back over and coming back into a three hour, wow, they're going to have to hit the, Tar mm. a lot and end up injured. <laughs> I think they probably will. Yeah, oh. I think you, you know if we just go through simple overuse, yeah, they'll end up. Maybe we should talk to them. Yeah, to convince them not to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and sub three is tough. Try. Sub three is tough. I've been around lots of guys trying to break that three hours, and they've done it, mm. but it's taken a long time, a lot of K's, a lot of mm. you know beat ridges. <laughs> beat ridges. <laughs> Some of the stuff that people come up with. We talk about Beecher Juice pretty regularly, actually. Yeah, yeah. I heard it's a, a mixed bag of, of opinion. Well, there was a book that espoused it massively yeah, about yeah. what you should eat. He's, he was on it. 
So he's getting onto the beetroot juice all the time. Yeah, like, I'm not sure did he break three hours? He ended up breaking three hours. There you go. And he's a big unit too, actually. He's an over six foot odd, solid boy. Mm. Um, but he ended up breaking three hours on a regular basis. Wow. Pierce red for three weeks. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> he's got plenty of veggies, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you talk about uh, work-life balance has been very important to your training. Uh, how important is this? Yeah, well, obviously what I mentioned before has become even critical. I've got three kids now, so um, now, oh, yeah, I've got three kids. Still. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Uh, so young Jessica's, you know, 13, so that's an interesting time of her life. Uh, and then I've got twin eight-year-old girls. So I've got three girls in the in the house. Yeah. Seems to be a runner's thing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't there? There's supposed to be some research around that that says well, the fitter yeah. you are, the more likely you are to have a, have girls. There's a lot of girls in our running. How many group. girls have you got there, Wolf? I've got three girls. I've got two. Yeah. 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 That's... But yeah, a lot of people that we, we train with have been spitting out girls too. Yeah, I reckon... Spitting out girls. <laughs> Something that's that. nice. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think running's a hobby. Hmm. It's a hobby. And if it takes over your life and you're not considering your wife and your kids, then it becomes incredibly selfish. And you guys would know as well as I, it's a pretty selfish hobby. Yeah. Yeah, From a time consumption. You know, if you think about... Sorry to interrupt, but... Nah, nah, nah. You know, think about years ago, uh, it, golf was, you know, six, seven-hour yeah. day, right? Yeah. And golf has lost its its uh, its appeal because it was too long to play, mm. and now the guys go out for a five hour bike ride. That's right. <laughs> like, I shaved two hours off. So yeah, that's right. how considerate of it. Yeah. Very considerate. <laughs> Making sacrifices. Exactly. Making sacrifices. So yeah, it's an intriguing one, but I think I, I don't know. I just think we should stop and think a little bit about how selfish am I being here? Mm. Um, I like not to think about it. Mm. <laughs> Well, I, I know when I was really in the crux of it, you know, I'd be, become so focused on it. Like, my wife's not going to hear this, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, I travelled to all these countries on my own and then learned how to party mm-hmm. afterwards as well. It's pretty selfish. So I think it's absolutely critical that you understand where, you, where your partner is and where your kids are. What you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. I agree. So we'll go to our first listener question, I guess. And we may well have answered it already, but uh, this is from Steph Austin, who has been a, you know interviewee on, on the show before. Yeah. And she talks about marathon pack versus aid station drinks. So you, you, you've sort of suggested your preference, but yeah, Steph has used the pack to pretty good effect. So what, what do you think? I think you want to be as light as you possibly can going around. Um, and... It doesn't matter how light these things are on you. You've still got material on, on your body, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a potential for sweating, uh, and you want to minimise that as best as you possibly can uh, and, and overheating. So yeah. I think, you know, if you work your drink stations pretty well, uh, you can go okay. And I know a lot of the people get caught up, where am I going to put all my gels? Where am I going to put all my... Well, in London, I dropped one of my gels. Uh, I had five, and I dropped one. I thought, "Oh, now that's um, it's all over," kind of thing. But you just kind of do your maths in your head, and as you know, at thirty k's, your maths is not real oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's not good at all. No sugar in the brain because of that lack of gel, mate. That's and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. now the gels are bloody awful things. 
But they except, were. Except for goo. No, nah, goo. Have good goo. is really good, yeah. right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they're yeah, interesting things. I, again, I learned at some point to, if you're going to have a gel, have your gel with your water and, and then water and then gel with water and water and gel with water. Don't have a gel with water and then the next stop have the hydrolyte. Yeah, right. Because you're just taking in far too much. Yeah. And that's when you start to hear people have awful stomach issues. Guts. Yeah, it just really plays up. So my last few marathons, no no hydrolyte mm-hmm. uh, around the course, only water and, gel. water and gel. Yeah, that's what I found too. Yeah. Yeah. It just stay away from the electrolytes. Cause you, but it's probably, like you're saying, the mix with the gels, because you're always having gels, mix with the electrolytes and gels give you gut, your sore guts. Your gut just gets wrecked. <laughs> Not, not as much swooshing around in there, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and then you start to feel that, right? At 30, 35K or whatever, you're starting to feel that. And you you know what your mind's like. Your mind's not focusing on the run. It's focusing on everything else, but... Totally. So, well, I think we've answered that question. Thanks, Steph. Um, so, on that note, pitfalls and rookie errors people make on their first crack at the marathon. What can you teach them before they start, you reckon? I think one of the hardest things I've found coaching people is actually getting very clear about what their goal is. Mm. They'll say one thing, and it's actually not true. So they'll run it, and they go, oh, I was hoping for a bit quicker. Yeah, right. I was like, really? Yeah. Because we sat down, and we worked out your goal, and you said you wanted to run a 354, and you've run a 354, why are we not cheering? Mm. Um, I find that really intriguing. And I, I learned very early in, in running career if that's your goal, set it and, 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 be, ha- and be happy with it. Um, the music's on. Yeah. Be happy with that. Dance floor? Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and even on, a, even on your training run, like, again, I read very early in the piece, if you're going to go out for a 15K run, go out and do 15, and even if you're feeling good, don't do 16, yeah. don't do 17, yeah. because you're basically bullshitting yourself. You start mm. bullshitting yourself. Because then you'll go, oh, I'll only do 12, yeah. I'll only do 11, Actually, I'll do 11 now and I'll put extra three on next next run. And you don't end up doing that. Do what you intend to do. So do what you intend to do. I think one of the biggest pitfalls is they don't really set their goal mm-hmm. properly. Uh, and the obvious one is they go out hard. Yeah. yeah. Just go out hard. It's so, so simple. Many, so, so many simple. people do that. It's fools. Year, year <laughs> after year. Oh, man. Right. This guy. I've heard that. This guy. Loves it. Boston. Idiots. Boston, I was running... Four tens pace. I'm running a four, a, a, like four minute ten k. Yeah, it's sub three hours. And I'm going. <laughs> I'm trained for that. I don't belong here. Why am I like back off? <laughs> yeah, it's not. So I, yeah, I think that too. I think just get clear on your goal and be happy with your goal. Don't don't think about your next one straight off. So yeah, and I think the other thing too is people get a little um, ahead of themselves. It's very clear. The research is very clear. It takes a number of marathons to get that time down. Mm-hmm. You will be here, and then your next one will come down, but it's not going to come down as much as you think it will. Mm-hmm. But it's over time that you'll get it to come down. So in my case, I got faster as I got older because you had more Ks in your legs. So, again, there was a person I was coaching at some point in time, and I, I'd said to her, she doesn't want to be coached by me anymore, but I'd said to her, I said, you won't run sub four your next marathon. It's too early. You run a 4.24 now. Mm-hmm. It's too early. 
It's just inappropriate it's, goal. It's an inappropriate goal. Come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she went and got coached somebody else and she ran a 4.09, mm-hmm. which is what I thought she'd probably run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she'll break four probably the next one mm-hmm. or go close to it. But at the point, at this point, she won't. So you've got to be realistic with your goals. The marathon's a beast. Yeah. And I don't know how you guys do ultra because it's not in my head at all. Slowly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But the marathon's a beast. It will bite you. Mm. It can really bite you. It has and it will. Mm. So I've got, a, I've got a question about goal setting, I suppose, there. So this is actually from Brad at Back in the Day Podcast. Friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm a self-confessed middle-aged mid-packer. At what age do I abandon all hope of beating my PBs? Will I ever be as good as I once was? Sounds like sort of mid-40s, I guess. Yeah. I think you can. I think you just have to train differently Mm. and be aware of what's happening with your body. Uh, Be aware of how you're training or overtraining. Mm. And I'm still very pleasantly surprised that I can go out for a run now, even somewhat injured, and there's a time there you go, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Like there will be still a sub five-minute pace in something, and you go, so it's still there. Mm. It's just tapping into it and not, you know, not overdoing it in your training. But I think you can actually come to it. Okay. So, so look at look at the golden training, 59. She's running PBs. She's running PBs. (laughs) There you go. Do you reckon you're going to be running PBs at 59? Do you think you'll be running when you're 59? <laughs> I hope I'm running when I'm 59 um, and not looking like a woman. But I... Uh, it's harder to come by. It's harder to come by, isn't it? you got less control over that than you think. <laughs> some pheromones, buddy. Um, <laughs> you could get some nice pink gear, though. Yeah. The new Nikes you've got. All pink, aren't they? Yeah. No, I saved the fluoro for other people. <laughs> but do you reckon you still got PBs in you now? Yeah, I reckon I do. I reckon, um, yeah, I sort of agree with what you're saying. Like, I'm 45 and I, I just think you learn as you get older and you, you are more conditioned. And Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I think you just, you just yeah, I think, I think I can keep running faster. What about yourself? Oh, mate, I'm a spring chicken, 40. Yeah. I've got plenty of PVs left in me. Yeah. But there has got to be a point where it starts to become foolish to chase PVs, right? Yeah. Because you, yeah, there's a limit to it. Yeah. And what, yeah. what age do you think that is? What? It depends who else la- our last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I saw a YouTube video this week, right? There's a 105-year-old guy running a world record. Running 100 metres. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nobody else running it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all relative. Uh, I Personally, you know, to me it's about being healthy. Mm-hmm. So many years ago I set a goal to be, um, I knew I was going to be an older dad and I didn't want to be a dad uh, rolling around on the ground going, oh, my back, oh, my neck, oh, my this. And that's kind of why the running started as well. Mm-hmm. Got to be carried away. You don't have to run marathons to be a fit dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, um, uh, I think at some point you've just got to enjoy the run mm-hmm. and just enjoy that you're out, that you A, you can move. I think that's really important because there's a lot of people that are struggling. Yeah, a bit of gratitude for that. Uh, and be gra- yeah, be very grateful that you can get out. And now you just roll around on the ground going, oh, I'm a meniscus. <laughs> I'm a plantar fasciitis. And you know where the meniscus happen? On a bloody trial run. <laughs> Careful. Inappropriate Careful. running, that was. Careful. <laughs> Inappropriate shoes, perhaps? Oh, no, I twisted it slightly. Okay. So, 
within your sort of training programs, how many sessions, you know, in inverted commas, can yeah. people handle during a week, do you think? Yeah. So, again, I come back to person's age, where they're at, and that family life piece, and mm-hmm. see what we can do. See what mentally they're up for as well. Uh, certainly in my, around that London time, Chicago time, uh, five days of running was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, that little midweek light run, almost the body just said, yeah, this is good. We love this. I remember running a 3K uh, run on the Friday around the Thames before London, and my, I could feel it. It sounds weird. My body just wanted to take off. I was like, this is weird. Like, I was like, I knew I was in good shape. Um, and getting in the bus going out to London, start, uh, Amari Ma said, she said, um, you know, what's people going to do? And I said, I've, I've got a PB in there today. Like, you wouldn't believe. You like, knew it. Or just Great. knew it. So I think, I think around that five is if you're kind of the young whippersnapper in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, so that's job, like that's the number of runs, runs in general. But how many, how many sessions, high intensity? Well, it depends what the goal is, right? Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're a first-on marathoner, let's just, get, let's just get some endurance going. Yeah. Let's just get through these runs. Yeah. If you then want to start looking at your times, yeah. then we start looking at what sort of speed work we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and so you might do some stamina runs and you might do some speed runs. Uh, but it really comes back to what's that goal that you want to do yeah. and are you ready to do that uh, you know I know some people that get out to a monos fartlek but they're still not doing it at the right pace that they need to mm. do it and they feel like they're going quicker but are they do people really understand what a tempo run is properly we're going to ask you about that later I yeah. want to know for sure uh, yeah I'm still confused yeah so uh, I think it depends for me right now now because I've got an injury but I'm considering all aspects and going Okay, if I only run every second day on this, I think it'll hang in there. Mm. I think it'll go okay. Now, I ran twice in a row this week and it was okay. So there's a part of me going, ooh, maybe. I'll just do that again. Let's do that again and see what happens when we're running a a 9 one day and 15 the next. So if you avoid sessions, this is what I was sort of getting at, do you avoid injury? If everyone slows down and runs slow... Do you avoid injuries? Is, is it the injury? Do you know what? There's, there's a lot of research that's suggesting yes. Yeah. There's a lot of research. Yeah. Pass, yeah. pass on the intensity and, and, you know, avoid injury. Especially age. Yeah. Especially as you get older, they're saying slow down. Don't, don't do the intensity stuff you don't need to. Just get out. Uh, there's a, a, a school of thought of just running longer uh, for those sessions, so instead of doing, you know, you're still doing, you know, an eight and eight, and then you, your long ones on the weekend. Have your long one on the weekend, but make these longer. Do these as twelves, fourteens, mm-hmm. and you at might, a lower intensity. At a lower intensity, so you might do a fifteen or fourteen on a Tuesday and fifteen on a Thursday. Mm. All of a sudden, you've got thirty k's in your bank, mm. and you're running, you know, a thirty on the weekend. Mm. And then the sixteen, and depending on your goal, that's. You know, that's a, a four-hour marathon mm-hmm. heading in there. And really, what we want is we want the endurance piece. We really want the endurance piece. There was an interesting article I read this week about that, actually. Uh, I'll send it to you. It was Sounds really good. interesting about how um, uh, we, the, why we bonk at that kind of 35K mark. And it's really because people are going too fast uh, at that 35k mark and they don't have anything left in them mm-hmm. so they've gone too quick and gone over the heart rate so there's it's an endurance race yeah that's right it is an endurance yeah, race that's right yeah. the value of speed work becomes 
I don't know, questionable, I suppose, when you, you, you're doing 42K. So. Well, if you think about when you come back from an injury, they talk about walk running, mm-hmm. but then there's the other school of thought too, which I, I absolutely think is brilliant. But then the other school of thought is if you can run your heart rate runs at a particular level, you actually will get faster because you're training your heart. Mm-hmm. So if you do that over a good period of time, it just goes to play that you'll be on a marathon and you will run a good pace. Like, there's nothing better looking at your watch. I think my marathon pace, at heart rate, at the good paces was only 150. Mm-hmm. So you're not cranking 160s, 170s. Mm-hmm. It was only 150, 151. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look at with my trainees. When I'm looking at their heart rate and they're 160s, 170s, I go... Can't too hard. You're going hard. Yeah. It's, you're not going to maintain it. You're not going to maintain it. You're not going to be able to maintain it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that would agree with that. And there's a question from the florist. Uh... I think it's important to have an underlying coaching strategy. Would you say that you're a Lydiard guy or more in the Salazar camp? Oh, Salazar's a bit contentious, isn't he? Uh, definitely Lydiard. <laughs> definitely Lydiard. Good. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. That was a profiling question. I yeah, reckon. yeah, no, definitely a Lydiard. <laughs> I've been lucky enough. I, I, it's quite interesting. I, I know a lot of guys that I've run with, and they don't do any research at all. I'm quite surprised. They run good marathons. They're running 310, 3.15 marathons. Mm. And you talk to them about X, and they go, oh, I've never heard of that before. Mm. Are you reading anything? So I, I'm a big, I love Greg McMillan mm. as well. I think he's amazing. Uh, and he's got some amazing athletes as well. Mm. So some of his stuff is is great. Yeah. Uh, so I read a lot of the the big American coaches stuff and and, and use their stuff. Okay. And Lydiard is is well respected. He's mm. king. Yeah, he's king. What's your take on the uh, the Oregon project and the drugs in sport bit at the moment in the marathon? Pretty uh, tough time to be involved. Yeah, I I'm squashing it. I don't really want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, fingers in the ears. I don't know how much is true because I'm not that connected. Mm. I do have a connection with somebody who was an ex 400 meter run, um, and they said recently that um, Usain is on it. Uh, I don't and, I that. Like, uh, and I went, I don't want to hear that. It's like la la la. la. Yeah. It's one of those things, but isn't it like? You look at the Armstrong story, you know, he, he's beating all these guys that are getting done at the time. Usain Bolt's exactly the same situation. I think, I think that's what, taint, that what, what taints my thinking slightly. When you hear it, you go, it's possible mm-hmm. because, you know, you only have to read Tyler's book mm-hmm. about the Armstrong piece and you go, oh, my, that's just, that's out of control. Mm-hmm. And it got out of control. Mm-hmm. And is it possible? Maybe it's possible. You hope it's not. Um, because Usain was brilliant for the sport, mm. absolutely superb for the sport, and I think Elliot is amazing for the sport, mm-hmm. uh, for the marathon in particular. He's just he's a phenomenal runner, mm. but you watch him run and he's just he's outstanding. Oh, absolutely. But when he broke the two hours, wasn't sweating much. No, I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Are you, are you a bit skeptical? I'm worried. Is more rather than skeptical and worried. Yeah. I'm worried because there was so much that happened in that setup from the, the V to the cars to the bikes to the food to the shoes to the who says somebody hasn't tried to do something? I, I don't I hope not. I hope not. But Rita Jeptu hmm. got done. Her husband got done. There was another Kenyan that got done. The British team, the British um, rowing team or cycling team, 
went to Kenya just before the Olympics. There's something possibly happening in Kenya. Something in the water, you reckon? There's something in the water. That's all it is. It's just good water. What are your thoughts, Teddy? Mm. Oh, mate, uh, you, you start to worry when there's so much at stake from a, a corporate, sort yeah. of, on a corporate level. Um, they're not too worried about you know, the uh, the water charters or all of that sort of stuff. They just want to sell a bunch of shoes. Mm. So it's, it's a gimmick, you know. Breaking two hours, not in a race... Why wouldn't they go to absolutely all lengths to make it happen? Mm. It was an amazing spectacle, but... Pretty convincing. Yeah, I feel like absolutely they would try anything to get that to happen. So You haven't answered the question. Is he on the gear? <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't a Lance believer ever at all. I thought he was on the gear, but Kipchoge seems like a much nicer person, mm. so I'm happy to believe him for a while longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, in that chain of thought as well. Yeah. I think... Yeah, you just got to go, we don't have enough information. No. We can be sceptical, concerned, but how good was it that they break two hours? Oh, it was amazing. Just Great amazing. to watch. Yeah. Great to watch. So tell me, Craig, what is it about the marathon distance that can unite 40,000 people to rock up at six in the morning and go through pain for two to five hours? Why, why is that such a special distance for people? Um, look, I think the half marathon is a stretch. But it's very doable and you can walk around afterwards yeah. and you can have a few beers and you've, you're all good. The marathon is a test because we all know about, you know, the, the wall and, and um, you know, drop bears coming out at 35Ks and chasing you. <laughs> the gorilla. The gorilla. Yeah. Uh, just on that quickly, I remember 35Ks in the Gold Coast. I wasn't running with music, but I had it just in case. But I wanted it. I needed it. In case you wanted to dance. And I couldn't, oh yeah, I couldn't get the earbuds in. And I was swearing and cursing like there was no tomorrow myself. I was losing my shit at 35k. So I kind of half experienced that. Um, I think <laughs> I think it's a challenge. It's a massive challenge. It's it's a big distance. It's 42k's. It's not these, you know, you, you come across people who say, oh yeah, I've done a 10k marathon. Yeah. Like that you don't actually know about running. But it's, it's an amazing distance. And, and, to be out there for four hours is phenomenal. Like, this mate of mine that did it in five and a half in, in Melbourne, I couldn't have been happier when I saw him run into the MCG. Mm. It's like, and I'm just yelling, out, go, big fella, go, big fella. Like, how the hell did he do that? Like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I remember taking the mickey out of Steve Bonaghetti at a function that he was doing, as I said. And then I got up to introduce him. I said, oh, look, I've got one thing that I'd like to, you know, talk about is that I've actually beaten you in a race, Steve. He was a pacer and he pulled out. So when I ran the Gold Coast Marathon, that's great. He pulled out and then he, he gets up. He said, "Yeah, thanks, Craig Dado." He said, "I don't know how long. I don't know how you stay out there that long." <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> "He really got back yeah, at me yeah. quickly." Right. But it, you, it takes us. Well, what's the the average marathoner is four and a bit hours. I think the average marathon time is four ten, four fifteen. Is that right? Okay. So they're the true marathoners mm-hmm. because they're out there for a long, long time, working through their pain and. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it's become a thing, right? Mm. It was only one percent of the population has done uh, the world population have done a marathon. Have done a marathon. Yeah, um, I think there's a mixture of people. I think there's people like me and others that go, well, let's get better and let's get better and let's get better, and it's just half marathons we got bored with, so let's do it. There's other people that it's just a, it's as I said, it's a bucket list thing, box tick, yeah. and let's get it it done and say I've done it for whatever reason that might be. Mm. There's lots of people running for charities now, and that's 
you know, that's why London is so hard to get into because you've got to be, you know, supporting a charity almost to get mm. into it other than the ballot, of course. And I think that's a cool thing. There's still a selfish piece about that because you're still doing it for yourself. For sure. But we put this layer around of I'm doing it for, you know, I don't know, Seawall Foundation or yeah, the Stilbert yeah, Foundation the, or whatever. The humanitarian. The humanitarian piece. Mm. And then you've got the dicks that get out there in their bloody bird suits or <laughs> rocket. You see that guy? The guy, the, he was in a big Ben Tower yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't yeah. get under the finish. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a number of reasons why. But... It, we know psychologically, we know there's power in a social movement. We know there's community, yeah. in community. Yeah. There's um, that is a major factor in people's um, well-being. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's part of it. And we've seen that with dogs, not just dogs, point, but parkrun. Yeah. How good is parkrun? Yeah, it's great. You know, I was in in the UK a month ago. Two of my girls came out with me. We went and ran Maidenhead. Typical England weather. It was drizzle. It was cold, and I said, I'm doing this, I need to go down there. There was 300-odd runners. Yeah. 300 runners. That's cool. And they all had their wet weather gear because that's what they run in. Yeah. And even the flip chart, that they got, the flip board the guy had to do all the race briefing, he had a little cover over it yeah. because that's what they did to use yeah. 99% of the time. Yeah, great, but, great, great city. Yeah. Wish I live there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> But three, when you know you get three hundred people as a community coming out, yeah, that's cool. It's an awesome thing. That's cool. Um, I've got one more listener question. Actually, mm. uh, this is an anonymous question, which we don't get a lot of. Anyway, I, I like to assume the fetal position and roll my eyes into the back of my head while repeatedly reciting my race splits to deal with my crippling race day nerves. Is this the gold standard, or do you think there's a better way? <laughs> I think he knows, or she knows the answer to that question. One of the greatest reliefs I found was, actually, my, my fastest half marathon was nude, meaning without a watch. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, uh, and it was a hard marathon. I don't know, half marathon, the, um, the one out at uh, Lake Gillawana out at Bankstown. Mm. Uh, it's quite hilly at the back end there. So, did that without a watch. And then I started only running with... One screen on, which was average pace. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. I used to have the splits all written up the arm, and you could get it on your on a on a bangle thing. Bangle and like as no my eyes deteriorate. Like I can't even see what. <laughs> and you were wearing a bangle, and I was wearing a bangle, yeah. whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so wristband that would have been a better word. <laughs> oh, bangle, but. <laughs> Went to just average time because that's all that counts. Yeah. It's actually, they've already got the markers. Yeah. yeah. They've already got them out there. So it's no point knowing that. Yeah. It was such an easy formula on marathons, I reckon. You just look, you just stick to average pace, you just work it out. It's just a maths equation. It's it. Yeah. And, you, and then you stop because what happens, I think, with the splits is you sit there going, oh, I'm five out sixes. Right, if I run the next one at a 502, and as we said earlier, at 36k, your mass is shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't add two and two together. Mm-hmm. So just average pace. Yeah. And, and obviously, it's only one, one piece of data on the screen, so it's easy to see. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> keep it simple. Yeah. I think keep it simple is important. I think mm-hmm. people over, overthink it. I've got no doubt they do. <laughs> it's 42k. Yeah. They tell you how many k's there is. Yeah. Run them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just work it out. Yeah. Work it out and run Just it. work hard. What about you, Wolf? Do you get a bit of race day nerves, mate? Uh, I think definitely race day nerves, but like with the road marathons that I've done, 
it's just an easy formula, isn't it? Just work out, all right, well, if I want to run this time, this is the pace that I need to run. And yep. obviously you've worked that out three months before your race. Absolutely. And you've trained for And you train for it. Yeah, and you know you can do it. There's no point being unrealistic and just going, all right, well, I'm just going to do what I've trained for and just go out and just stick to your average pace. And, uh, and if you're going to go out faster... You're going to hit the wall at 32 or 35, whatever it is. Yeah. And if you stick to that, everything should be fine and hopefully you have a good day. And I think the wall's actually a little bit of a... It's not a furphy, but as one of the biggest things, and that's happen, again happened in London, is as typically you haven't got enough carbohydrate in you. It's mm-hmm. that your body's twisting from um, uh, carbs to, yeah, to, yeah. to fat and it yeah. takes 20 minutes and that's your wall. Yeah. Well, if you keep that up... You don't hit it. Yeah. Don't drop a gel, Craig. Don't drop a gel. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. I don't need it. That was weighing me down, that one. That's right, <laughs> clearly. Mate, so marathon training is, is about balance, as we've sort of noted. How do you sort of tell when one of your runners is stepping over the line and working too hard and sort of moving towards that idea of overcooking themselves? I'm a big believer. I'd, I'd sit down with them one-on-one mm. over a coffee and just say, hey, this is the program. We're pushing it harder than you need to. Mm. What's going on? And just really start to get into, that, again, their why of why they're doing that. Mm. You know, do they think they're not training enough? This is where you start to discover as a coach that people might think they know better. Mm-hmm. And they've, they're on the net, they're doing their own running porn, and they're just getting all sorts of stuff. From Keep going back to that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a good term. <laughs> They keep bringing in all this stuff, which means they don't trust you necessarily as a coach. And I think that's concerning. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, as I said earlier, that relationship between the coach and the coachee has to be really strong and you've got to believe in each other. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. It doesn't work. Let's try again. Try again. Yeah. But don't keep searching. Yeah, yeah. Put some trust. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. What about your, your speed sessions? How, how fast does a marathoner need to train? So do they need to be doing, I don't know, 5K pace, 10K pace? How fast do they actually need to be running, do you think? Yeah, well, this is where I would use Macmillan Calculator. I think that's one of the best tools on the market. Um, so I would normally t- kick in my goal, what I want to run, and then it just spits out your paces. Mm-hmm. What was really good for that, I would post, for me, I, was, I would post that on the wall. And so after every session, I knew what I was what I was supposed to be doing, and I'd come back and I'd go, I'm in the slot. That was the words I'd use. So, and as I got more in the slots, that's why I went to London going, I was in the slot in every training session. And so away, away I'd go. So for me, Monofartlek is one of the greatest speed sessions you can do. Yep. Uh, I love that session. I think it needs to be lengthy. I need a good two or three K uh, warm up and cool down, so you've got five or six k's there already, mm. and then you typically would get three and a half, four out depending on your pace. Yep. Uh, so that's a nice, good ten to twelve k session that you're doing, um, and you've got to just. And I've talked to Crowley about this as well. Understand what is your pace. I don't know if you necessarily have to work five k, ten k pace. You're starting to get a little bit anal about it again. Yep. You know your body and go, am I running it? What's my perceived effort? Mm-hmm. Am I at ninety percent here or am I eighty percent? And only you will know that. Mm-hmm. Only you'll know. That. And too many people lie to themselves. Oh, I'm going hard. Well, are you? Yeah. Could you be going harder? Mm-hmm. Um, big lover of Southside Masters and doing three k track session or five k track session down there as well. And just push balls out, sort of three k. No, 5K, I think I think you've got to pace it because you want to go. Uh, you want to get through it, mm-hmm. but. 
again, I think people go out too hard on that. I think get into a good pace that's quick, mm. but then you build it up a little bit. Try and get you know, essentially some negative splits yeah, coming through. Okay. Uh, I'd love to do a neg split in a marathon. Wouldn't that be good? Talk to Julian the Moose. Mm. He's a specialist. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't specialist. Mm. I went close in London where I was. Uh, I think it was uh, only two or three minute split difference. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how you do that. Just it all sounds Spanish to me, negative split. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, te- let's move on. Tempo running. Yeah. What on earth does this mean? Wow, there's so much that, that people talk about with tempo running. I, For me, one of the best tempo runs I've learned to do is just split the time that you want to run by four. Mm-hmm. All right? So, let's say you want to go out and do 20 minutes of tempo. So, do a warm-up. You want to do 20 minutes of tempo, so then you do a quarter of that at pace, 67% effort, quarter of it 70, 80, third quarter 80, 90, fourth quarter back to 60, 70. Okay. That's it. Again, write that down. Just keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. We, we just, we've got, and this, yeah, we've just got, everybody's just throwing too much information. Just come back. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's a good tempo run because you're taking it up, you're going up, you're coming up, and you just bring it back again and then cool down. Okay. That's a great tempo run to do. And I think people start to confuse tempos with the intervals as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. Well, that's pretty simple. I like that. Mm. Yeah. And it's easy to do. You just go, I've got to 20-minute tempo, bang. Mm. Five minutes of this, five minutes of that. Yeah, right. And away you go. Easy. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Um, speaking of easy, easy runs. What is the point of running easy? I had a patient ask me this through the week. Um who someone's doing just all you hard. Just, you just answered the question. You had a patient who was asking oh, the question. Oh, no, no, this was because a patient they... asking for someone else, actually. But, oh, right. yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment there. Um, so why run easy? Why not run all their runs hard? Well, your body's got to recover. So it's got to stay fresh. That's, that's the first thing. Um, your easy run, too, is part of your endurance piece. So I always tell, tell my people that I'm coaching that it's, it's a pie, it's a... It's a cake. It's a recipe. And you've got to do this piece, and you've got to do this piece, and you've got to do this piece, and together, it just works. Mm-hmm. It just comes together. So you've got to trust the process a lot um, and just realize that an easy run is actually part of that puzzle. It's part of that cake or recipe or whatever analogy you want to use. But if, you, if you're going hard all the time, you're going to end up in your With a stress fracture. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and how many of those happen? <laughs> a lot. Can I? Uh, can we? While we're talking about easy runs, um, easy run after a, you do your long run on Saturday yourself. Yeah, I, I, I tend to do it on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Monday day off or easy run day off Tuesday. What are your thoughts? I personally, I like, I like the I like Monday as the day. I just seem to be lazy on a Monday, even though it's a work day. So uh, I typically have Monday as a rest day just because I'm lazy bastard. And then Tuesday on hard, Wednesday easy, Thursday hard, Friday cross train. Saturday would be at pace but not full-on pace, so a steady state run. And then Sunday would be a long run. That would be a typical... Yeah. So day off after your long run. Day off that's after a long been, run. Yeah, that's what I've been practising. And these days now, I'd actually highly encourage a walk on the Monday. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt that going out for a walk is is a nice thing for the body, and mm. you know, from a 
a physiological pers- perspective, you're clearing out yeah. some rubbish out of your body as well. Yeah. Uh, nice you, change to hold hands too. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Who you walk with? Who you walk with? That's right. My uh, wife. We always hold hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big proponent of walking. Walking as well now. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I agree. The Kenyans do it to start all their programming, so it's good enough for them. Yeah. Okay. There's a great video of Elliot's walking. Elliot's drugs and walking. There's a great video of Elliot kind of the first four weeks of their program or eight weeks of their program. Yeah. It's so light. Super oh, easy. Real light. Bit of yoga. Yeah. A little bit of stretching. Couple of injections. Couple of, couple of beers. <laughs> Some meds. And then they're on. Yeah. Sorry, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. And so last question about marathon build-up. How far out from a race would you tend to have your athletes do like a B race? Yeah, I love the six-week, five to six-week out. Okay. I think that's a really good indicator. So a, a nice half marathon, five or six weeks out, you know where you're heading. In fact, I was talking to some guys yesterday down at uh, Dolls Point. They're talking about doing their first marathon uh, in Sydney. I suggested Melbourne would be better and use Sydney as a, a half as a half to see how you're tracking. And it allows you to practice... You know, nutrition, nervous wheeze, uh, getting your clock right, you know, your gear. Mm. So that five to six week mark out is perfect to see where you're tracking. And yeah. if you're not, you just restate your goal. That's right. <laughs> In five weeks' time. So, yeah. I like that. What about you? When do you like to race? Um, so, so I was using as a guide leading up to a marathon... I was doing five by five k yeah. at marathon pace yes. with a minute recovery in between. So five kilometers at marathon pace, yeah, nice, and then a minute easy jogging, yeah, and then five k's on a minute easy jogging, and just sticking to that whatever pace that I was aiming at. Yeah, and that I was your tempo run. Well, that was my trial race, I guess, and so I might do that four weeks out. Yeah. Because I guess that's you know that's twenty five k's at race pace. Yeah. And you've got a minute jogging in between each five k block, and so if you can do that and hit your splits, yeah, then I reckon you're on. Interesting. I've not heard that before. Yeah. Typically, you you do your half marathon five or six weeks out, and you know whether you're in the pace. Uh, whether you're on your pace because you're going for your marathon because you double it and add about somewhere up to about 12 minutes yeah 10 okay. to 12 minutes on top uh and that's kind of typical and that's what's played out for me typically i've been anywhere from five to nine minutes uh my second half slower and so uh in the actual marathon so that's why the half marathon is a good hit out mm. um but another thing with your training then is to similar to what you're doing is doing your last third at marathon pace so on your long runs yeah mm-hmm. so if you're you know you're out for a 30k yeah get out there for 20 and then see if you can come home 10 at pace yeah and um, if you can't you're not you're not on track no and I so we were trying she was trying to do a 330 as she said I said I think you'll hit 340 she hit 344 and I went out on the bike one day and she was coming home for her last 10k at pace she could only keep it to about seven or eight at the marathon pace. So it wasn't quite there. And I knew she, well, she's not there. She's okay. not quite there on it. What about you, mate? What were you using as a guide? Yeah, so I'd, I'd like about four weeks out, something similar. I probably wasn't as specific about it doing marathons. It's been a long time. But but for trail racing, 
generally speaking. I'll, I'll try something long and hard, four weeks out. Yep. To see where I'm at. Yep. Yeah. Gives you enough time to recover from that session. Yeah. And that's that's the critical piece mm. is making sure that you recover so that because your next run, typically four or five weeks out, your next runs at four weeks out, you're still probably at a thirty two for a marathon. Mm. You could be at a thirty two, thirty four k run still. Mm. So you're a big run ahead of you and a big week ahead of you. That I always say to Janelle, as I said, my wife is kind of the uh, what is it about eight weeks out to three weeks out. It's like okay. It's money time. It's, it's money time. <laughs> this is not going to be a good month, honey. Just uh, bear with it. It's, it's about to hit. Settle into Netflix, honey. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough time. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we might uh, wrap it up. Sure. So, Craig, thanks very much for your time thanks, and uh, sharing some some great knowledge with us. It's been uh, good chatting with you. Hey, I, can I just say, I think you guys are doing a great job. I really enjoy your podcast. It's been fantastic listening to it, and uh, we're a bit shyer. We're a bit shyer focus, I think, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> There's a lot of people to talk to around here. It's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, good thing. It's a good thing that you're doing. So I'm promoting it as well. I'll promote it even more. I'll go down and get my t-shirt. Thanks, Craig. So we'll, we'll see you at the Ranala on the, uh, on the 14th of December. Yeah. Where, where can we find uh, Marathon HQ? Yeah, just www.marathonhq.com.au. It's on Facebook as well. Um, I think you saw the review of the, the new ASICS Glide Ride. ASICS Glide Ride. Love them. Thanks, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Ranala. Get down there and get get them from him. But, yeah, they're a pretty interesting chair. Yeah, good. So, yeah, just jump online and you'll see us. Cool, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. See you soon.